Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is the author Sajith Itan, engineering graduate and information technology services professional from India. Today we'll discuss his reasons for synchronicities and meaningful coincidences, as well as the possibility that our world is very likely a simulation from his book, God System Game. Sajith, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's great to be here and to speak with you. So what synchronicities and coincidences happened in your life that motivated you to write this book? Yeah, so, um, you, know, you know, just two years ago, I started thinking about these meaningful coincidences and synchronicities that uh, I have been having since, I think, uh, you know, from the age of 15, uh, you know, uh, but I never really noticed them. But two years ago, I started thinking about these things and they started piling up and I started really reading up about them. Uh, and, you know, I, I, it was, and, and these synchronicities are meaningful coincidences. These are personal subjective experiences, right? Uh, it is not uh, an objective thing that is out there in the world and everybody knows about it. It's only the individual who has experienced it. Usually uh, there are some shared coincidences that other people uh, come to know of, right? But most of them are subjective and you just keep it to yourself. But when I started encountering these uh, and I started reading up about it, I, I encountered, you know, uh, uh, Carl Jung's book, uh, uh, Synchronicity, where, you know, he talked about this and he, he's the one who coined the word synchronicity. Um, and he spent, I think, four decades of his life, uh, you know, thinking about it and, and, you know, his own experiences as well as the experiences of his patients. Uh, Carl Jung was a Swiss psychiatrist, uh, as you would know. Uh, and and it's a fascinating subject actually uh, it it uh, the experience is so profound right because the synchronicity is uh, a meaningful coincidence coincidence that happens in such a manner that there is something that happens inside your head or in your mind right there is some mental event and a corresponding event happens in the real world out there so the question is what was the connection what caused it right? And what is the connecting principle? That's what Jung wanted to find out. And the subtitle of his book is, uh, you know, Synchronicity and a causal Connecting Principle. So what was the connecting principle? And he 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 goes into the solution of what the problem is. And But he's not sure that that is the solution. Uh, he comes up with an a causal plane as the reason for uh, the solution. And he also has collective unconscious as a, uh, you know, part of a solution for a different thing that where we get visuals into the human mind and so on. But I don't think the collective unconscious and the a-causal plane are the solutions to the problem. Um, but in terms of we, and synchronicities and these meaningful coincidences uh, are experienced by a lot of people. I was surprised by that, you know, uh, and I was taken aback. It, it is not just me, you know, when you come to, uh, you know, uh, across these experiences and you feel that it's not just me, it's out there. And it is being uh, investigated by people, uh, you know, of high caliber 
possible you know uh, uh, you know and at the same time it is also dismissed by a, a certain section of the people right so it is a, an interesting topic that's what i would say uh, uh, to begin with jeff in the beginning were you in a state of doubt about these coincidences and if so what was it that moved you from doubt to confirmation by thinking about the problem you know uh, what i've seen is that in some of the uh, coincidences and experiences for example i have had some coincidences with my wife uh, you know uh, early on with my mother right there are things that happen but what i've seen is what is the difference between me and my wife or my mother right they just uh, seem to ignore it uh, it was pure luck or you know my mom would say something like oh you know this shows that god exists or, or god is looking after us and they move on but uh, to me you know there has to be a better explanation you know because i want to think from a, a more scientific or rationalist or you know or an atheistic point of view we can believe in god and things like that you know and i talk about god in the book but you know so it's a it's a problem solving adventure jeff you know what is the reason for this and once you get into it and that's what people have done you know you get into the depth and try to solve the problem you start questioning the reality of this physical material world that's what ultimately happens and there are many solutions out there you know you take idealism uh, for example uh, you take uh, donald hoffman's interface uh, theory of perception or i think morphic fields uh, uh, bernard bateman he he wrote a book on meaningful coincidences and he calls it the psychosphere so there is something weird that is going on in our world that needs a solution right uh, and on the other hand the the scientific community they they just and i've read up about this right they said they say that there is nothing uh, spooky going on there's nothing weird that is going on uh, they would claim that you know these are just pure coincidences and they they call up this thing called you know the law of truly large numbers which is which basically in a very simple way says that if there are billions of people and billions of things happen there is a trillion of things that happen on a daily basis so some coincidences can happen all the time in fact it is meant to be and i feel that that's a very good argument from a scientific point of view uh, so it's also uh, the worst argument also because what what that argument does is we don't even look at the problem we 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 look at these coincidences and we we say that these are just coincidences that happened by pure luck uh, we don't need to think about it well that is something that i realized jeff as you asked me that's not an answer there is there is a better answer that we need and that's why you know um, and i live in this generation where there is computers there there are video games uh, you know we have all seen the movie the matrix right we know about the simulation right uh, nick bostrom has written about it many people have spoken about this the computer simulation i mean it could be a computer simulation it could be something else right uh, in in the in the you know in the vedantic uh, tradition in hinduism uh, it says that you know this whole world is an illusion you know the, the the theistic version of vedanta says that uh, this whole thing is an illusion we are in this pure consciousness and this pure consciousness comes from god god could be lord vishnu or anybody else i mean the name of that god does not matter you know so so somehow we are in such a world well well then why do we see all this material stuff why do we see the material the world in this way right we see electrons protons neutrons uh, quantum physics and laws of physics and all this right so what is reality right a, a simple subjective experience takes us to that uh, that end and if you are interested in solving that problem you do end up going to these places these weird places you know that's what i felt 
What is the most extraordinary synchronicity or coincidence that you've had in your life? Well, there, there are many. Uh, in fact, I have, uh, for this interview, I've made a note of some of them. Um, let me start with this one. So I was, uh, you know, at a zoo um, uh, with my wife and family, uh, my two kids at that time, and my parents. Uh, and I like photography. So I had my DSLR camera. Um, we were at this, uh, you know, uh, tiger's enclosure. And I was trying to take a photograph and it was crowded and my wife was standing right next to me. And I was trying to take, I was focusing on the tiger, but the tiger, it was a bright sunny day. Uh, and the tiger was in the shadows, you know, uh, you know, you want to take a good photograph. I mean, the tiger has to come forward in the sun and, you know, be in a good position, right? And because, you know, photographers like to go, um, you know, on these uh, expeditions alone so that they can spend whatever time they want uh, for, it, it, sometimes photographers spend a lot of money and time to just get one picture, right? Uh, but here I am with family. I just, want, I just thought I'm not going to get a photograph. We'll have to move on, right? Right then, Amazingly, my wife says that I'm with the camera looking at the tiger, right? And the tiger is in the shadows. My wife tells me, wouldn't it be amazing if the tiger walked straight towards us? She makes a comment like that. And she makes this comment without me telling her or complaining that why the tiger is there in the shadows, okay? Uh, and immediately the tiger turns around, walks straight towards us, right? And it's looking at my, my DSLR and that's the, the, the picture. There you can see behind me, you know, you know, you can see the eyes are looking straight at me. So this is one of the coincidences. And this happened about eight, nine years ago. So, and I, I never, this was there in my memory. I never tried to solve the problem until about two years ago. So that was one. Um, let me tell you another one. You, you know, yeah. this is, this is even more strange. Uh, can I go ahead with the next one? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was, you know, about, uh, a, a dream, you know. Uh, it, it happened uh, on a Monday morning uh, when the Oscars were uh, going live last year, last year. And I, I was in this room, I was lying down in my bed and, you know, I was just thinking about things, you know, it, the time here would have been 9, 9.30, that kind of thing in the morning, a.m. And suddenly, you know, from nowhere, you know, I dream, it, it was like a daydream. Uh, you know, I dream about Will Smith Will Smith uh, is 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 in my home as a guest. Okay, very weird. How could that happen, right? And I I, I talk to him. You know, I ask him, "Are you alone?" He says, "No, it's it's a dream." Okay, so you know he it's this is not my it, it he did not enter this home. It was some kind of a bigger home or something like that. I don't know if I'm going to build a bigger home in the future. I don't know, right? So he is in that kind of a home, and uh, you know I ask him, you know, are you alone? He says, no, my wife uh, Jada, she's outside. And I said, no, why don't you bring her in? You know, we we invite we we have a laugh. Uh, I introduce uh, you know them to my wife, and we start talking. And you know, uh, Will Smith is suddenly crying, and we, it's like a private conversation and things like that, right? And I'm like, okay, enough of this. I get up from my bed and I, uh, you know, move on. I go to the bathroom. I pick up my phone, look at my emails, and uh, I open up my WhatsApp. And I see the first few messages are, uh, you know, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. You know, mm -hmm. that that happened, right? Yes. How? And I was like stunned. Uh, you know, uh, why did I think of of all the things in the world? Why did I think of Will Smith that morning? Right. Um, that was an amazing uh, coincidence to me. And uh, it, this also happened at a time when I was I almost finished writing my book. 
uh, and I, I was thinking about you know finding a publisher and you know all that and i ended up uh, spending 10 pages of my book uh, towards that synchronicity you know the, it, it it's it's a separate section in there uh, and and you know that's that's another one um let me give you another one uh, right uh, so two years ago my eldest daughter she finished her 10th you know uh, she finished her exams um and in india we you know the 10th is a big deal we finished the 10th and we then we she you know we all change our schools to a different school and so on so it's a big deal uh, and usually the, the marks are about uh, on 600 so you score 400 out of 600 or 500 out of 600 and so on right so my daughter she scored well and me and my wife and my daughter we were talking about this score that she got and my wife uh, said you know uh, in my 10th i i scored 483 out of 600 and suddenly my ears stood up. I'm like, 483, are you sure you got 483? And she said, yes. And she immediately stood, stood up. She went to the wardrobe. She picked up her, her certificate and showed it to me. And I, I've been married to her for 17 years. I, I've never seen a certificate. We don't do background checks yeah. <laughs> to that level before we get married or whatever, right? Uh, so she, she talks about, you know, I'm like stunned. So I was not sure. So I went, I came to my room, picked up my certificate, and I saw I scored 483. Now, this coincidence was always there. It existed all the time. It, 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 and none of these coincidences really, you know, changed my life or, you know, they were very highly emotional or none of these coincidences happened because I, I or any of my family members were in a deeply uh, psychologically stressed states or anything like that, you know. They just seem to pop up and they are all over the place. Uh, you know, so so these are the three coincidences. I, let me give you one more uh, it, because it's interesting. I think I'm in a mood here, you know. So this happened recently. Just two months ago, we decided to uh, get a pet dog. Okay, so we, my, my kids have been thinking about it for a long time. My wife was against it, but finally we all agreed as a family, we decided to uh, have a pet dog. Uh, and we decided that we will have a male pet dog. And my youngest daughter, who's just seven years old, she went on a project, she picked up a piece of paper and she wrote down the boy names or the girl, male and female names for the dog that we're going to get. And uh, we, uh, so she did that and she has been doing it for a few days. And on one day, you know, at about six o'clock every day in the evening when we have tea and snacks, uh, we play Wordle as a family. You know the word game, the Wordle, right? Um, and that's what we do. So on that particular day, we were just about, so we were talking, we had two things on the agenda uh, other than talking about general stuff, which was decide on the pet dog's name uh, and play Wordle, right? My wife, so just when we were about to start the game or talk about it, uh, my wife gets a phone call. And I get irritated. I tell her, this is our family time. Why do you have to talk to somebody, you know, colleague at work and something like that? And she said, I, I need to take this. Sorry. And, you know, she said, and I told her, you know, we need to find name for the pet and we need to play Wordle. Uh, and where are you going? I asked her the question, right? She says, she says this. She said, maybe today's Wordle word will be the pet name of the dog, right? And she says that very casually, and she walks off into the other room. M me and my other daughters, we play the Wordle. And the Wordle word that day was P-I-X-I-E, Pixie. I think it's a cartoon character or something like that. That's what it means. We Googled it later. And so I found the word first, and my youngest, she picks up the paper, and she shows me that Pixie, the word Pixie, happened to be one of the names that she had you know, uh, listed 
you know, and Pixie happens to be a female name uh, in that list. I was stunned, you know, I, and this, this, you know, th th this is again a coincidence. How do these things happen? Uh, you know, that's a problem, right? And I think simulation could be the answer. Do you think that because now you're more aware of simulations, you're seeing it more? Or do you think, is it even possible that now you're thinking about the simulation more, it's creating more coincidences? Well, that's a very good question and a very deep question. Um, uh, the first part of your question is, um, yeah, I am observing, uh, you know, these synchronicities um, in a very higher frequency in the last two years. That is obvious, right? Um, but before two years, did they happen and did I ta not take notice? It could be the, it, it could be the case. Uh, so it may, it may be in my life or in anybody's life, there are a lot of coincidences that happen, but we just don't notice it. It's not because we don't want to or we are not attentive to it or uh, or anything like that. It is it is just how it is, you know. Uh, some people think about it, some people don't think about it. Some people take it seriously, some people don't. Uh, it, it changes some people's lives. It doesn't, you know, in in many ways. And I hear that uh, people also have coincidences that are not really positive in nature. Uh, in my case, I have not seen a single coincidence that is negative in nature. Uh, now, to your the next part of the question, that is it producing more? Well, uh, I think that's a more deeper question. I don't think, uh, you know, synchronicities happen because I want them to happen. I don't think so. You know, you, uh, you know, I cannot say that. Oh, you know what? I I, I do have a feeling that. It's been a few months that I've not seen a good coincidence. That feeling is there in my head. But when and what kind of uh, coincidence will come is not in my control. And, and that, I feel that that's something that just happens. And if I'm able to catch it, well, I, I feel I feel great about it. I feel I feel like, oh, okay, you're, 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 you are, you've thrown me, whoever this you is, right? You've thrown another coincidence at me. Thank you for it. Or I enjoyed it. <laughs> something like that. So if we move forward into the simulation, then you're thinking that the simulation is creating it for you. Yes, absolutely. And and uh, in in my in my book, uh, the way I've explained it is, uh, you know, that we are living in a simulation, and the simulation, uh, uh, the way that I have visualized it, and I've read about it in 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 my research for this book, and there are multiple sources and ideas out there. Uh, right. And um, my, my view is that we are in a simulation. We are very likely in a simulation. I don't I, I cannot tell you that I have the answer, you know, because we are living in this world. We we know only what we know. Right. Um, I cannot tell you for 100 percent sure that I, I am in a simulation. If that is the case, you'll ask me, where is the evidence? Uh, and I don't have the evidence. I don't have a picture uh, like in the movie. Neo, you know, looks at those pods where, they, uh, you know, uh, the human pods, which is a power plant. Right. I, I don't have anything like that. So in my view, um, and I have 99 percent confidence that we are very likely in a simulation. That is the on the record answer from my side, you know. And. Yeah, and and what I feel as in the simulation, and the simulation is running from a material world. That's what I believe. So there is a physical, material, base reality that exists, and that's my assumption. 
Okay, even though I do not know anything beyond the simulation, I can speculate, right? And in my book, that's what I speculate that there is a there is a world, there is a physical material world that started from some big bang or whatever that is, something from nothing hypothesis from uh, quantum fluctuations or whatever it is that our scientists have found, right? Uh, and 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 you know uh, you know the 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 galaxies formed, the stars formed, solar systems formed, and evolutionary biology happened, and and you know human beings. Beings, intelligent beings happened, uh, you know, and then they reached a technological maturity. Uh, they were able to build computers and sophisticated computers and whatnot. And at some point in time, for some reason, they have created a simulation like ours, and we are in, we are inside that. And to your earlier question, uh, this so-called synchronicities or meaningful coincidences or whatever visuals we have from. Uh, you know, the, you know, some of the the uh, the the, uh, the guests on your show on other videos talk about many of these mind, uh, you know, experiences, right? And I, I do not know exactly what is the answer to that, but from the point of view of the simulation, because I have to look at the solution from my point of view, right? Uh, it means that we, these are all visuals that are coming from the simulation, which is what you just mentioned, Jeff. So are you saying that? our current reality that we're in is a copy of the real reality, more or less. Um, you know, this world that we're in right now is more or less a copy of what the real reality is like, kind of like the matrix. Yes, it is possible. So think about it. So when these questions, they pop in my head. They have been, you know, uh, I've been struggling with these for the last two, two and a half years now. Uh, you know, think about, and the way I, I like to think about this is, Imagine that you are the creator of the simulation, or I am the creator of the simulation, right? So I'm living in a base reality. I, I have I have this opportunity to create. So imagine you're you're trying to you are a game creator. You you're trying to create a video game, right? You you are trying to create a a car racing game. Simple example, right? Uh, what sort of tracks is it going to be? What sort of cars are it do, is it going to be? Are are these roads going to be on a planet, or is it going to be on a, on space? You know, are you going to run it between Earth and Mars, or whatever it is, right? It's it could be, or it could be a realistic game through a city, say, uh, you know, some city, whether it's Tokyo or Los Angeles or whatever, right? So, as a designer of the game, it is up to you how you want to do it. Right, so uh, I I decide how I want my simulation to be. So the base reality uh, people, I believe that our simulation is being run by human beings. Um, you know, I, in my book I say it could be God or aliens or it could be human beings. I've picked human beings as the most likely candidate who have created our simulation. Okay, uh, and I believe. Uh, to answer your question, is it an exact copy? I don't know, Jeff. You know, uh, is it is it eighty percent copy and with you know, uh, you know, the rest of the twenty percent they make up. They make some stuff that is really not uh, real. It could be fake. Uh, you know, maybe our minds work uh, in a lesser way compared to uh, the minds in base reality, or it could work in a what do you say, hundred and twenty percent or hundred and fifty percent of the capacity of the base reality. All things are possible because I because if you think of this as a computer simulation and a design and a computer code. I can design it the way I want to. So the answer is, uh, is it an exact copy? Maybe, may not be. But I believe very likely we are this, we are a copy. Why do you think it was created in the first place? That's again, a, uh, it's again a design question, right? Why did uh, the base reality uh, human beings create the simulation? Uh, 
the, the a popular opinion that is out there is that you know it, it's it's for entertainment you know they are bored they create the simulation and maybe there are people in the base reality that spend time in our simulation you know maybe for them it's just a game our world is just a game for them uh, you know maybe you and i are avatars and somebody from the base reality is playing our, our roles you know um, maybe that's the case uh, there are people who say that you know uh, some teenager from her basement is just you know uh, playing this simulation from her laptop or so on uh, you know uh, in my book i talk about you know 10 or 12 different purposes you know i don't know what the purpose is really right this is again a design question but the answer to the question i think you know surprisingly comes from religious scripture in my opinion i think uh, you know our simulation has been it is an intense simulation this is not the work of some teenager the way we think of a teenager this is a very intense uh, uh, this is a very real uh, you know with lot of good lot of uh, you know suffering and evil uh, this is a real you know uh, you, you know as real as a human uh, condition can exist right so that's that's how i think of it and what i think is perhaps that we are sort of a filtration system based on good and evil that's what our religions talk about right uh, if you do good you know you go to heaven kingdom of god in the case of christianity uh, uh, higher level planets and spiritual planets in the case of uh, you know hinduism or vedanta right maybe something like that is what is happening and, and this is similar to a gaming analogy right you 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 work in a, you play a game at one level you do well you move to the next game and so on right so perhaps that is the case uh, maybe the simulation uh, is has been created so that they can filter out good souls and you know bad souls and you know human beings and you know what maybe there is some sort of a uh, you know next level simulation or a next level you know uh, equivalent of the heaven or the kingdom of god or whatever that is perhaps that's my speculation I think it could be possible because look in only 40 years we went from the most rudimentary video game yeah to VR and games that are really realistic and I don't know how they would do the next jump though I mean they can make it really realistic but how do we make the next jump of almost putting our consciousness in the game where we actually feel pain and feel suffering and feel joy and and the opposite Yeah that's a great question Jeff uh, unfortunately i do not have an answer to that because uh, you are asking a how question you are asking how did the creators of the simulation create it right uh, we all know that and i think our video games are you know going to be very sophisticated and it's you know it's going to be very hard to differentiate uh, real versus you know the the vr experience right real world versus the vr experience um, and you 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 ask the right question how are we ever going to uh, simulate the human mind and the human brain and the human body and not just mine yours and everybody else's and create this whole world which appears realistic uh, and that's that's a tough one and at a minimum uh, I, and i have not tried to solve that problem uh, and in my opinion whatever time in technology and the development that we are in right the base reality has to be way ahead of us you know at least 2000 years or 5000 years 10000 years or a million years just take whatever time frame that could be right so if you have that kind of time and Uh, technology keeps uh, uh, getting better and better and uh, we have not uh, you know found a way to destroy ourselves 
uh, you know, with say nuclear weapons and conflict and uh, climate change or whatever that is, right? If, you know, I think we can build, uh, we, we, at some point in time, we will be able to crack the problem of how uh, the, the brain produces consciousness, how the mind really works, and how it's connected to the rest of the body, uh, whatever is meant by the hard you know, problem of consciousness, right? Uh, all of these can be resolved, and that, that's my assumption. Uh, and I believe that the base reality people perhaps solved that problem. Um, and that's why we are here. Uh, that's how it's possible that we are inside the simulation and um, i'm i'm open to you know you know the 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 scenarios where what kind of technology is running the simulation maybe we are a brain in a vat in some liquid you know and these are connected with wires to a computer system or we are completely coded and we are sitting inside like computer code in, inside some computer system or we are a mix of both it could be anything right if, for example in the matrix it's a real human body that, that's connected with wires, right? And with all sorts of plugins, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know I, I, have, I don't know how, how we could, you know, and this is one of the uh, criticisms of the simulation idea. You know, uh, people have debated this in multiple forums and uh, some of them ask that, you know, it is impossible to, you know, simulate this sort of, uh, you know, uh, the human experience. You know, it is impossible to, you know, simulate this whole world. And, you know, the sort of resources that are needed, uh, you know, for such a simulation is is going to be huge. Uh, and if we are in a simulation, then our base reality people also could be in a simulation. And that means they are in a simulation and that's infinite regress. And that means this argument breaks down. So th there are there are criticisms of that nature. But but I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think we need to look at nested simulations as a problem. I don't think, uh, you know, uh, consciousness is such an unsolvable problem. I think at some point in time, uh, we would have solved it in the base reality and we are here. That's what I think, Jeff. Some people believe that there are nefarious entities out there that have created this simulation and are forcing us to keep playing the game over and over. Have you thought about that? Well, uh, yeah, I have thought about that. Uh, again, this goes back to the purpose of the simulation, right? Um, you know, for example, um, are we just going to be slaves? Uh, for example, I think in the in the movie Blade Runner, uh, they create these, I forget the name of those entities that they create, uh, humanoids, I think. Um, they are meant to do hard labor in, uh, and mining in different planets, right? So they, mm -hmm. they do some sort of slave labor. So uh, are we, you know, sort of being used for something like that are we uh, you know um, an entertainment platform for them you know uh, maybe whatever it could be a sexual entertainment non-sexual entertainment or any other kind of entertainment maybe uh, you know uh, they take pleasure in uh, whenever there are crimes happening in our uh, simulation right uh, you know we watch netflix or you know horror flicks right and but they actually experienced it in a real way so that's like taking entertainment technology to a whole new level, right? So are any of those nefarious things happening? Well, technically, it's possible, right? If we think about it in a very unemotional manner, right? It is possible. But I don't believe that is the case, Jeff. You know, I think that we are in a simulation where we are being cared for. We are, uh, you know, being guided. We are being given a, a true uh, human experience, so to speak, right? Um, uh, when I look at, uh, um, you know, our history, based on whatever little reading I have done, over 5,000 years, for example, right? We have been progressing. And 
uh, it's been a steady progress, right? Uh, and, and, you know, whatever scientific progress or the modern era is giving us, you know, it started with the enlightenment that happened in the 17th century, you know, 1500s or 1600s, right? Uh, you know, and I believe that many of these, uh, you know, innovations or ideas that have happened throughout human history, they have come as ideas from the simulation. You know, we uh, we always talk about, you know, religious scripture has been uh, written by man, but inspired by God, right? Uh, that's how we talk about in the normal language. In my in the in the view of the simulation that I take, it means that the simulation is giving us ideas, and those ideas have helped us move from one level to the other over the centuries, right? So, uh, would a nefarious entity uh, still have a nefarious intent? Um, and still give us all these goodies? Well, it's possible, uh, you know, but uh, but I don't believe that that is the case. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm a positive and an optimist uh, from that point of view. <laughs> I've had a few people during their near-death experience wake up in like a pod, like the Matrix. And I've even had one guest tell me that we're basically all living like on a starship traveling to the next planet because we destroyed our last one and on the way we're running these simulations to actually try to make ourselves better so we won't destroy the next place what is your opinion on near-death experiences within the simulation theory yeah so i, I cover that in my book uh, in, a, in a short section um so the near-death again whenever we experience something right um whatever that is, right? Um, I, in my book, I, I have a clear method to do that. Um, we, we have to first look at common sense solutions, right? We, we have, to, I call that worldview one, which is the atheistic, rational, scientific worldview point of view, where th there, there is a reason why things happen and there is a reason, it's very clear, well laid out, right? Worldview two is the view that there is a God, you know, considering that this is a base reality. Uh, I don't go into worldview two because that's a whole different thing. And worldview three is my simulation point of view, right? So I, I, I move from worldview one, not spend much time on two, but on three. I spend a lot of time on three. So uh, first we have to understand so-called experiences or hallucinations when you know a person is going through I, in whatever i'm not a doctor i don't know much about the medical field anyway right but, but whatever little reading i and you know uh, lectures that i have seen on uh, youtube is that the neuroscience community says that you know when the 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 oxygen level in the brain goes down or, or something like that happens the brain goes into some sort of a hyperactivity and all sorts of hallucinations and dreams and things like that happen for example out of body experiences also can be triggered by triggering some parts of the brain so that's what neuroscience is so you know some of these experiences could be actually experiences that don't need any supernatural ex explanation right and that may be the case so 95% of the time uh, maybe just like these ufo uh, you know, uh, sightings are talked about, right? I think the U.S. government also, uh, you know, acknowledged, uh, I think in 2017, right, that 95% uh, of the cases are explained. It's either a weather balloon or something of that sort. But 5% of the cases, we don't have an answer to that, right? And we need to focus on that 5%. And, and that's the 5% I'm also interested in, right? So, so if a person has an NDE, we have to go through that cycle right uh, did that person just have it uh, and can we explain it through 
say just a hallucination it is a normal thing it, you know how do we get dreams right uh, and and that's the difference between an nde and a synchronicity an nde uh, and an experience that happens that just happens for that person in that person's mind right uh, there is no corresponding uh, you know reality or some change that happens outside in the world in a, in the case of a synchronicity it's different so nde is different that way you know uh, it is true that the the person experiences uh, something very profound and they change their lives uh, after that in some way or the other right so the, the experience is real to the person right but we do not know where this comes from where you know what is the source of this is it from within the brain or is it coming from outside so that that's the world view one i take but when i think from a point of view of the simulation which is what you asked uh, if i think of my this world as a simulation and we are all say digital human beings and our minds are connected to some vast system and there are you know automated robots or you know software algorithms and beings from the base reality that are in some way you know giving us these leaks giving us these uh, visuals right uh, in our dreams or through synchronicities or whatever well then there is something to that right so that's so so you asked me the question what is the nde from a point of view of the simulation well it could be uh, information that's being sent from the simulation the creators of the simulation or the algorithm of the simulation or these are just uh, experiences that are coming up from the own mind itself there may be nothing supernatural or something going on there so it could be either of those um that that's that's my view at a simple level uh Jeff. A lot of people talk about NPCs or non-player characters also living with us on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Before I go uh, to that, can I just uh, answer? I've missed one point on the NDE part, uh, sure. Jeff. And that is, uh, you know, so I spoke about all the visuals of NDEs that happen that are just visuals, right? But there is one type of NDE, which is the out-of-body experience, that is really uh, tricky, you know, because the because the person who is, for example, in the ICU bed or in or, or a surgical, you know, uh, you know in a surgery for example right and almost dying or died or whatever right these people feel that they are you know floating a high above closer to the ceiling and they see things there is an incident about somebody you know seeing a, a tennis shoe outside on a window ledge or something like that now that's mystery that's a mysterious thing right uh, it means that the the person is able to do something uh, you know that's usually not possible and i think the nde community that works on these things they have images or visuals or you know screens that change you know just to test these whether whether these out of body experiences are real uh, and for me for me from the point of view of the simulation if there is an out of body experience that has been proven right uh, the, a person is not supposed to see a visual uh, that that person has died and there is something that happened in the next room and that person's body is there and that person is able to see something from the other room maybe a, a pack of cards or whatever card is on the table playing cards or uh, and there is nothing uh, you know fraudulent going on well that's in my opinion from the point of view of the simulation that's a leak that means the 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 simulation has given this person into his or her mind a visual that is not supposed to be there so it, it, it is trying to reach out to that human mind is my point of view um so i just wanted to cover that sorry i missed that earlier 
uh, to your question on NPE, NPCs, right? So non-player characters in uh, the video game terminology, uh, it, it means that that non-player character is completely controlled by the game. So if there is a car racing going on, so imagine there is a traffic cop standing there. Whatever the cop does, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it's not a player. There is no player behind it. I mean, there's no human being controlling it. It's, it's played by the system. That's why it's a non-player character. Now, in the case of a simulation, uh, we are all in, in some, let's assume that we are all conscious beings, right? We are all uh, players, but is it possible that there are certain players, certain people, certain human beings uh, who are different, who could be called non-player char uh, characters? If they have to be NPCs, what that means is that what that person has zero free will, right? That person, uh, you know, Say, I, but I, maybe I, you and I, we have free will, but there's some person who does not have free will. That person is completely controlled by the simulation. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible from a point of view of the design. You know, if we think about from, from a logical point of view. Um, so what I imagine is that people who have uh, contributed in a big way in our world, right, who have created, you know, uh, and we know of these individuals as scientists or, you know, enlightenment, pe enlightened people, um, really deep thinkers, maybe spiritual people, who whatever field they have transformed, right, some of these people may have been influenced very heavily by the simulation. Those are what I think are NPCs. Now, does it mean, to my earlier point, that suppose I'm an NPC, Okay, I'm an NPC. I'm being completely controlled by the simulation. Does it mean that I am completely controlled from my birth to my death all the time? Now, that's a question. Um, and I, my answer to that is, I think it's very likely no. So what the simulation does is, in my point of view, it, it controls to the extent that the simulation wants to control, right? And then it leaves, right? So I have my own free will and I and I'm also controlled. So... Uh, the, the NPCs are people who are controlled to a much larger extent. Okay, so I'll just take a name, right? Uh, you know, I hope people will not mind. For example, I'll take Bill Gates as an example, right? Uh, Bill Gates, what did he do in his life? I mean, he transformed uh, computing, you know, through through Microsoft Windows. You know, he, he, he transformed computing, right? Is he an NPC? You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know, but is, it is it is possible from the point of view of the simulation, it's possible. Albert Einstein, you know, in my book, I, I write about it. And, and he talked about in, apparently there is, a, there is a view out there that he experienced a synchronicity, right? The theory of relativity, uh, you know, he had a visual in his head that, you know, a bunch of cows jumping over a fence uh, and looking at it from two different points of views, you know? Um, uh, the, 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 the person who found the structure of the benzene atom, he imagined in a dream that a snake is uh, eat, you know, uh, swallowing its own tail. I think it's called Ourobros in, in Greek. So that visual came to him in a daydream while he was trying to solve a problem in real life. And that visual somehow helped him. And that helped all of us because we now know the structure of benzene, uh, the, the, the molecule, right? So, so... So is a person 100% NPC all the time? I think perhaps no, but uh, it, it's only a matter of control. You know, how much you want to control. The simulation, if it controls a human being or a person, uh, you know, very strongly, well, that person is an NPC for that duration. But otherwise, 
that person has his or her free will so let, let me let me tell you another thing the way i think about it for example uh, think of and this is speculative again think of people who have transformed their lives you know they they go into a spiritual path okay uh, they they think about god and you know religious scriptures and things like that and they they go down that path and initially they are all very good right initially they are they they speak the right things they do the right things uh, they have a great gathering uh, they have a great following uh, they do all sorts of things uh, in a nice way but then later they decline sometimes some individuals they take advantage of their fame their wealth their following and maybe they do bad things in life so so my question is and I, this is the way i think about it is that when the person was doing well was he an npc when at that time the simulation was you know helping him or her in the right way but then when the decline of that person happened okay when that person got corrupt in whatever ways right financial corruption uh, sexual corruption moral corruption whatever you want to call it right at that time was he an npc or was he uh, applying his own free will right so so these are open questions and these are things that uh, you know really you know puzzles the mind I never thought about it until you mentioned it that possibly humanity's most notable figures could have been NPCs that just introduced something new into the game like it it could be negative like Hitler came and introduced all this terrible things or some religious figure could have came and tried to transform the game for everybody yeah absolutely uh, uh, you talked you talked about hitler i have a section on hitler you know so yeah and and the, when whenever bad things happen right uh, and this is what uh, whenever you know i think priests are challenged if there is a god if you believe there is a god why there is evil and suffering and uh, you know the priesthood always has a solution to that uh, thomas aquinas you know who wrote uh, you know the summa theologica i think in the 13th century right he he says that whatever bad happens in the world is uh, with good the god does that with a good intention in the end so whatever evil and suffering uh, we are facing or we seem to see you know witness in the world uh, that has some end go- good as a goal right that's what uh, is is the viewpoint and from the point of view of the simulation i agree with that sort of a viewpoint it actually makes sense you know you can take a lot of these religious good ideas and apply it in the simulation that's one of the you know uh, dazzling things that i have discovered really uh, in this you know in the study and trying to write this book right um, so uh, i i, lo- I lost my train of thought but you know so if if uh, if there is evil in the world right you know you mentioned hitler right uh, hitler could also be an npc who was actually you know played by the simulation right it, 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 you know and and then then the question is why is the simulation evil why i think according to wikipedia close to 80 million people died during uh, the, the world war 2 uh, across you know including soldiers civilians you know the holocaust or whatever right that's a huge number and why would uh, the simulation do something like that and when you know i think um, and i think there is a it's it's a it's a very difficult thing to say you know i think in the end it is to show the real nature of humanity 
you know the reason hitler happened and the reason some of those horrible things happened stalin happened or wherever you know this uh, you know atrocities have, have happened in the name of religion uh, you know there have been bad priests who have done really horrible things to kids right these things happen and the simulation doesn't stop it why if the simulation can uh, can control my mind and give me some you know feel good you know synchronicities and coincidences why is the simulation allowing uh, such monsters right uh, why is the simulation not stopping a serial killer like ted bundy right why did it not do that right so i i think this is where it goes back to my point that the simulation is giving us a true and raw human condition experience that's that's what it's doing it is showing us the mirror i mean if 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 this was all a feel good fantasy uh, simulation right uh, you know it will be like I, i want to take this example like the barbie doll always smiles right you know it's always smiling because, but that's the doll right no human being no woman no matter how pretty she is can smile all the time she has to be real right she has her frustrations she has her uh, ups and downs uh, you know he or she we all have our ups and downs right and and you know one of the great things that i you know i've discovered is in the story of uh, is in the story of the genesis in the bible um you know it, 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 the the popular notion is that when adam and eve they ate uh, from the fruit uh, you know from the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil uh, some, god was angry and you know uh, that was the fall of man that's the that's the title it's the fall, it was the fall of man i don't think that was the case that is a wrong interpretation in my opinion um what happened what is being shown in that story is that eve eats the fruit first and gives it to adam and adam eats the fruit and after that god of course uh, tells them that you cannot have access to the tree of life now you get out of the garden of eden they are banished but god you know like a like a good parent when the kid is you know leaving the home right is you know packing up stuff and you know stitching clothes for you know adam and eve and and you know he's bidding goodbye right and in that story what it really means is that human beings and adam and eve that's man and woman they represent humanity and and what they are uh, what they are gifted with is that now you have the wisdom you have the wisdom from the tree of knowledge of good and evil good and evil right you, so that means you know what is good and what is wrong what is evil use your free will go live your life so it's a challenge it was not a punishment it was it was a challenge by god go live your life and if you jump to the end of the book of the bible in the revelations and towards the end of the revelations it says that if you have lived your life well and if your name appears in the book of life well then you are welcome into the kingdom of god where there is a new heaven and a new earth uh, there is a water of life uh, or the stream of uh, you know uh, you know water i think it's mentioned in the quran and then the tree of life where you live everlasting life so so that's that's the whole cycle you know from a a scripture point of view so to your question why there is evil and if there are some uh, evil npcs well they are there so that we can know what is good and what is evil and uh, these evil npcs exist uh, so that good people have to rise and fight and, and you know fight for the good because ultimately and look at it from a 
base reality point of view you know uh, if evil conquers good then that leads to destruction you know uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, the one of the ndes was about a person uh, who is you know that the simulation is running on in 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 a spaceship and they are moving from one place to the other i i actually watched that the other day um well what does that mean that means that we had a base reality there was a great human civilization right we somehow perhaps destroyed it we destroyed it why did we destroy it because evil overpowered over good over, over the good right and right now in the world when you when you look at our world you know we we have to be very cautious right uh, it, it's a great world that we have i mean we are at the other ends of the the planet right now and we are having a live conversation i mean look at what uh, human progress we have made over you know uh, right and and we 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 evolved as you know uh, higher apes from africa right i'm sure that's how we evolved in a base reality right so so we have made huge progress but at the same time we have these nuclear weapons uh, perhaps biological weapons or whatever they are right and and the thing is that as as the good technology is improving so is the bad technology right and the and our blast radius is increasing one bad decision for example the war in ukraine one bad decision by either party and if things go out of control right what's going to happen next right it could be complete destruction okay uh, you know and technology is getting better and better right 100 or 200 or 300 years from now maybe somebody just sitting on a computer could just create a new virus right in in that person's basement from anywhere in the world right so we so so the the question that that puzzles me is that we have all this human knowledge right and all this progress ultimately what do we do with it for good or for evil and that's what is written in this in the in genesis you know you've been given the wisdom now go play your game i never considered it until we were just sitting here but what a what an amazing game or what an amazing planet we have to have a game because we have so many different activities going on here so many different cultures so many different types of people if you if you think about you know kids love to play these action war games i mean well if you want to play that type of game there's always a war going on somewhere you can participate in that game if you want to playing a game where you solve puzzles you know you could be a scientist it just it there's many many opportunities here to play yeah absolutely absolutely i mean at the end of the day uh, you know how ultimately we 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 move forward in life what decisions we make and what sorts of influence the simulation itself is giving us you know uh, we, we we need to be careful about that you know one of the things i did not we, we did spend some time talking about evil right uh, l- let me also you know make a point that when you when you when i'm thinking about it, this from the point of view of the simulation i end up thinking as the heavenly father as the god and anybody can do that you know it's not a sign of arrogance that i'm i'm thinking like god it is just to put yourself in god's shoes you know because as a heavenly father or as a god or a personal god uh, or as the creator of the simulation you have to love everybody you know uh, the good actors the bad actors uh, you know so what that means is that even evil people when they do say it imagine a serial killer you know you might think that that person is doing the most horrible things right what, even that person you know has to be saved or that person also needs mercy okay and that's why i think that you know 
for example, one of the Ten Commandments says that thy shall not murder, right? So I, I don't think the death penalty is a good idea, you know, from that point of view. Um, we we should think of evil people also, as you mentioned earlier, like an NPC, you know, who perhaps has been influenced by the simulation. How can I, is, is it possible that an evil person did an evil thing, not because of his or her own free will, but because of the push from the simulation? It is possible. I also believe that uh, the simulation would push a person only if that person is tuned towards their activity. I mean, uh, a scientist would receive probably, you know, uh, you know, something related to an idea related to the 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 science that he's following, right? A poet might get an idea related to poetry, or you know, an artist would get accordingly. Similarly, an evil person who is inclined towards evil. I mean, all of us have had evil plans or designs, right? But we ultimately don't go ahead and implement something bad. I mean, thank God for that, right? But it's possible that some people actually end up doing bad things. Uh, so I think uh, some sort of compassion and tolerance and uh, love and caring is what is needed for even uh, people who do bad things. Uh, of course, they should be separated from the rest of the population. Uh, they should be in prisons or whatever that is, right? But we should acknowledge that whatever they did may not have been 100% their own doing. That's one of the views that I've got from simulation, thinking about it. I feel that if this is all a computer simulation and it's so complex then it's entirely possible that they could create NPCs where the NPCs don't know that they're an NPC and we can't figure it out either. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, NPCs don't come with a, a special, you know, LED light that blinks, right? No, no. Uh, they, they, we don't know who, who is what and uh, who has been influenced, how much. I mean, and this is a subjective experience, right? Um, and uh, let me, so one of the things that I think of, you know, look at the scientific community, right? Most of them are atheists and they are rationalists. They don't believe in a personal God or a creator God. Uh, you know, they don't believe that, uh, you know, my mind is being controlled or something like that. But if they have made breakthrough ideas themselves, right, it is possible. And they have this, uh, you know, idea that came to them in the shower or when they went to bed or uh, when they went on a jog, right? If, if they have got something like that, it is they are the only witness to that. And from the point of view of the simulation, it is possible that that idea came from the simulation. And uh, and and that idea comes to that person in a stealth mode. To your point, that 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 scientist or that that person feels that that's his or her own idea, right? He he doesn't feel that oh this came from a god or fr from somewhere else. Oh this is my idea, right? So that illusion exists. Uh, and uh, to your you're very right. I agree with you. Uh, so the NPCs wouldn't know that they are NPCs. They themselves wouldn't know. Uh, forget about other people, right? Yeah. Do you think it's possible that instead of the simulation being created by a computer, it's created by a universal consciousness, which some people may call God, that out of this universal mind, it can manifest anything. And we just come here as spiritual beings and connect to these human you know, bodies wow. and, and play the game that way. Wow, that's a great question. Um, well, I, I think this this uh, this question takes us to whether 
uh, the philosophical idea that whether we are in an idealism, you know, idealistic world where the idealist, you know, thinks that the world is not based out of, you know, material, physical, electrons, protons, neutrons, quarks, and things like that, right? We are, you know, some sort of, we are conscious agents or we are just minds and there is some sort of a cosmic mind that is out there and we are somehow connected to this and we are all individual minds um, uh, and these are all species specific minds so human minds you know maybe chimpanzee minds on other animals they have their own uh, minds and they all perceive or they see the world according to what they perceive right uh, and it's very subjective right so is is that possible well as i mentioned earlier in the beginning right i don't know that i don't know the answer to uh, beyond what we see uh, you know I, we, because how can we know that uh, whether we are a, a spiritual being or uh, we are a, a digital code a, a simulated robot that is running out of a materialistic computer i do not know that but i'll tell you what my bias is uh, i don't think uh, you know uh, we are part of a mind or pure consciousness. For example, Vedanta speaks uh, that way, right? Uh, there is pure consciousness and uh, that pure consciousness is called Brahman and we are all Atman. So we are souls. We have a, and uh, Advaita Vedanta says that the quality of the human soul and the quality of the, the pure consciousness that is Brahman is same. Atman is same as Brahman. And, and that idea makes us feel that you and I, we are from different cultures, uh, different people, right? But you and I are the same, which means that I should be good to you and you should be good to me. And if that, if everybody thinks like that, the world will be at peace, right? That's the idea. Uh, so, so there are two ideas in this. One is, uh, so this idea is uh, forcing us or uh, motivating us to be good people. But does this idea actually talk about the existence or the what do you say the ontological truth of our existence right is there really a brahman and an atman or things like that is there is it really there right that's what scientists do right they 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 smash these particles together to see what what's inside you know the atom what's inside the the nucleus of the atom and so on and so forth right so do we know what is the so called mind uh, material that's out there and i think i i, I don't I agree with that viewpoint, even though I do not know the answer to that. The reason is this, uh, Jeff. I believe, and we, it, it depends on what starting point the individual has, right? I believe that a mind uh, comes from a physical substrate. The mi A mind is a higher order function that, that comes up after, you know, we have gone through an evolution, right? Uh, you know, we were you know what, four billions ago, uh, years ago, there were a bunch of, I mean, Richard Dawkins writes it beautifully in his books, The Selfish Gene, right? Uh, you know, there were self-replicating molecules and these things over, what, four billions of, billion years, you know, it, it, they worked their magic through evolutionary biology. And here we have the human brain uh, with neurons and whatever, right? That gives us this human mind. I actually believe that story because I, I, I th that's the story we have, right? And that I think is a beautiful story. Right. So uh, even if I think that we are in a simulation or we are in an idealistic world, I have to take that story seriously. I cannot say that that story is complete fiction, that it is just a uh, something that's shown to us so that we can just survive. I, I, I take that story seriously, which means that the mind exists on a physical substrate, now, which means that 
mind is a higher evolved thing which means that mind cannot be the fundamental substance so that's my bias uh, i don't think a materialistic world can emerge from a mind material uh, and i have not heard a single theory i've read one book recently uh, you know that talks about mind as the the starting point for everything right uh, but that person doesn't talk about where did this mind come from and how did this mind evolve into so many different species how, how did this mind evolve these these kind of bodies right why this kind of uh, physical body is uh, why do we have this kind of body why do i have do i have you know a pair of arms and a pair of legs and and the and the body that we have as human beings right i don't think that 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 sort of theory really helps it's 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 a it's a good thing to have as an explanation for an emotional connect between human beings right you and i should be good because we are all part of this mind there is a super mind and we are these uh, simpler minds that are connected to this you know cosmic mind or whatever right but i don't think that is the accurate picture and and that's my bias and my speculation what would life be like if we were not living in a simulation and basically that means what is the base reality like ah that's a good question um my assumption is that the base reality is perhaps very similar to uh, what we experience in the simulation right now um um maybe we had a history like this what is the status of the base reality right now um are they thriving as a civilization uh, uh, and the simulation exists right as a side thing right just like we have facebook uh, or, or tiktok or whatever that is right uh, you know uh, or is there a catastrophic decline the 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 base reality is in peril um and somehow our simulation is like noah's ark you know it is it is it is saving human beings you know uh, and and helping us survive in some way and uh, you know if there is a possibility of you know taking our souls from the simulation into a base reality if there is a possibility to do that it's in my book i write about that uh, a digital dna could perhaps be printed onto a, a physical dna and a physical human being could be printed out uh, as a baby or as a fully grown adult with memories right if those technologies exist so that's possible in in the base reality or to the earlier question right is the base reality uh, planet destroyed and it's the story of the movie interstellar right uh, we are trying to find a new habitable world somewhere so i really do not know um so yeah and to my uh, to the uh, to to the question that whether or not we uh, are an exact copy of the base reality the other thought that i have is um and and my speculation is such that it is possible that uh, the designers of our simulation could give us a say 80 to 90% of the truth but it hides 10% or 20% of the truth you know and what i mean by that is uh, if for example we in the simulation are not able to say understand how consciousness emerges from the brain right and i do not know i'm not an expert in quantum physics or whatever right some of the weirdness that we see in quantum mechanics this raises a question uh, is it really real in the base reality right do the same quantum effects uh, occur there or are they some sort of fake <laughs> uh, things that happen in our reality uh, it is just to mis- misguide us perhaps 
right? So uh, our world is is okay and very similar to the base reality from say atoms and molecules. Again, I do not know. I'm not an expert on this topic. I I wish I had a quantum physics friend who, whose shoulder I could tap and you know exchange these ideas, but I don't. You know, so I do not know if uh, at, at some level uh, of detail is being hidden from us. How did you come up with the title "God System Game"? Ah, that's a good one. So, <laughs> uh, so I have named the simulation that we are in, uh, you know, as uh, "God System Game" (GSG). Uh, G God, because from uh, you know from our perspective. Uh, this simulation is like the personal God. It, it has complete control over us. It, it guides us. It helps us, gives us ideas. Uh, sometimes it reveals uh, itself to us like it has done to me through the synchronicities that I faced, you know, so late in my life, right? Um, sometimes it pushes us in a direction that we should not go and or whatever, right? So that's uh, the, the the control it's like the personal god it has it has complete control over us and yet that personal god gives us free will we have that illusion of free will so that's the god part uh, the system system means that we are uh, you know as i imagine it uh, a part of a simulation solution which has a technology uh, you know a hardware and a software and a wetware and whatnot so that's why system uh, and game because we know through you know virtual reality experiences and games in our world right uh, you know that we live in some sort of a game where you know if we do well well there is a different level uh, that we can go to uh, and and the, the, when I, I write that in the book very clearly that when i use the word game i'm not trivializing our lives in any way i'm not saying that you know we are just wearing a headset and and playing some trivial game uh, i use the word game very seriously even though the game sounds like you know it's it's some kind of fun or pastime, but that's not true. Uh, I, I look at this game as a very serious, uh, and this reality is very, very uh, real, as David Chalmers writes in his book. You know, Even if we are in a simulation, uh, we are, this is our reality. This is our reality, and we need to take it seriously. Uh, I, I don't think anybody listening to this idea that we are in a simulation should feel like, oh, so this is not real. I don't want to live in this reality. I want to go to the real reality, right? Uh, yeah, so so that's how I came up with the word uh, GSG, Jeff. It's interesting that you said we should take it seriously because some of my near-death experiencers comment that we take life too seriously and we should lighten up a bit and maybe enjoy this life more. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, what I meant by uh, take our life seriously is all I meant that is that we should not think of our 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 life as some sort of a trivial video game. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. So yes, yes. Uh, so we 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 definitely uh, should enjoy our lives. Um, as, as Carl Jung mentioned, right? Uh, we all uh, have to experience and explore our inner universe. That's a profound statement. I found that to be very good, actually. When we look at the universe out, there is a lot to discover. And we uh, somehow think that we are not so significant, but we each uh, are are significant and we each have our own universe to discover uh, in this long journey of life and uh, find that whatever purpose, you know, you know, with patience and tolerance and love uh, and pick up the challenge and do the work and, you know, all that, right? And at the same time, like you said, relax, take it easy, be cool. Uh, all those things. I mean, uh, life is a mix of all these things, uh, I think. Yeah. 
Sujith, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Yes, sure. Um, I have a website. Uh, it's uh, godsystemgame.com. Uh, there is a contact form in that. Uh, I think the email ID is contact at the rate godsystemgame.com. Uh, yeah, you, people can uh, write to me. No worries. Are you working on anything else after this book? Well, um, I have a day job, so I'm busy with that. Uh, but I'm also thinking of writing the next book. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm trying to write the part two of this book. Um, I want to stay with the simulation idea because my nature is such that if I don't keep thinking about this, uh, if I don't do anything about this topic for a year, I might actually forget things that I myself wrote in the book. So, so uh, right now I'm reading up uh, about you know stuff uh, you know things I've never read before because I I I have an engineering degree I I never studied you know Rene Descartes or Berkeley's idealism or Immanuel Kant or things like that you know and these are new to me and I'm I'm uh, in the last few months I've been reading up about that and I'm seeing some amazing similarities with the simulation idea. I somehow feel that I should have read that before I wrote my first book, but I'm glad that I've not made any errors that I need to correct. So I'm fine. So yeah, so I'm I'm thinking it's going slow, but you know um, I'll slowly get there in in terms of you know trying to get my next book out. Well, that'll be great because I'll have a reason to have you back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I I love your podcast. Uh, you know I love the videos that you have you know, posted there, they are very useful. Uh, I mean, it's a window to the experiences of other people, right? And uh, like I said, I, I think I said this before we started the podcast, right? Three years ago, uh, if I, and I'm sorry to say this, but I'm speaking sincerely, right? Three years ago, if I uh, looked at any of the videos that appear in your podcast, I would not even look at that. I would think, oh, this this is nonsense. You know, there is something like, I went to hell or I went to heaven or, you know, I am on a spaceship and I saw this or my, my uh, you know, dead people or things like that, right? I would classify them to be crazy and I wouldn't spend time there. But now I'm, I'm when I know that, you know, minds can be manipulated, that experiences can come from outside and that outside thing that as I speculate could be a simulation. If that is the case, well, then it is possible that these experiences are true. Is it possible that some people are not speaking the truth? Well, it is possible, of course, and we have to be skeptics there. But is it also possible that um, these things that sound crazy, that they really do did happen to some of these people? Well, I think, yes, it is possible. And and that has changed me uh, in, in a big way. And what I'm going to do uh, is, is is over a period of time, you have, I think, close to 487 videos now. <laughs> NDEs? Yeah, I don't know. Probably close to 500. But total videos, I'm up to like 700 and something. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to be, keep watching them and I'm going to, you know, uh, you know uh, try to understand or hear the experiences of each of your guests uh, over time. And thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, Jeff. It's, it's really great. So, Jeff, before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? Yeah, so um, I would say that um, we should not forget that we human beings are precious. Uh, we are really, really important. Uh, there is, there, as I say in the idea of the simulation, that there is someone or something controlling us, which means that the so-called personal God would be a real thing. It's not a psychological fiction. It, it could be real. Uh, try to listen to it. and and. Don't worry about, you know, uh, people calling you atheist or atheist or whatever that is, you know, live your life, you know, listen to that voice, whatever that is, you know, um, 
I think uh, the way the simulation works is that we all have different roles to play. So it's okay. Differences are okay. It ha there ha people have to be different, right? Uh, but you know, be open to mystical experiences because you know you may make a U-turn in your life at any point in time, and and be ready for that. Uh, uh, be uh, I would say, and this is a message to myself too, right? Uh, if you're successful, be humble about that success because somebody helped you perhaps, and you don't even know about it. Uh, if you have failed uh, in something, right? Uh, it only means that uh, you need to do something else or try harder, you know, rather than, you know, feeling like a failure. And in the end, we, we all have good and evil in us. We should try to enhance the good and try to conquer the evil and keep it at a minimum. We will not be able to eliminate it. It's part of the human condition, but that's that's what I think we should do. So, Truth, thank you for that message, and thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.